0: Are you driven by achievement, or do you chase recognition over truth about yourself? Today, how God gives real and lasting value and worth, and a way out of the position trap. Stay tuned.
1: You see, the position trap says, what makes me somebody is if I have a name, if I have a certain position, or if I have a certain achievement, then I am really somebody.
0: Glad to have you with us now for Bold Steps with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Mark, today we get to the position trap.
1: Yeah, this is a huge, huge trap that so many of us fall into, that sense that we derive our identity from our position, our achievements, our titles. And um, I, I love this passage, and I love how Jesus conquers this temptation It's found in Luke chapter 4, verse 9 through 12. In fact, Wayne, would you start us out by reading this passage? Okay, Luke 4,
0: beginning at verse 9, it says, "...the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone." Now, that's the trap that Satan laid for Jesus.
1: Exactly, Wayne. And that's the trap that Satan lays for us as well. So often we have a sense of call, but yet we feel like we're nobody unless we have this position. And Satan lures us to try to get that position the wrong way. Well,
0: let's get started with a message. Here's Mark Job with part one of The Position Trap on Bold Steps.
1: Last year alone, there was nearly $50 billion that was stolen in identity theft. Not million, but 50 billion. That's a lot of money. And it's a huge issue, people stealing credit cards or people copying ATM machine codes. When I travel, I'm especially very aware of that in a big city I'm looking behind me when I'm doing my ATM code, looking around, making sure no one's there because I don't want my identity stolen. If I have my passport, I want to make sure I put my passport in a secure place. I never put it in my back pocket. I'll put it in my front pocket. I'll put it in my sock, but I want no one to steal my passport because I know if they get a hold of my passport, they can try to steal my identity. And sometimes people impersonate other people and try to take their identity. I had the opportunity of doing that a while back. I was at an airport making a phone call, and a guy comes up to me, and he looks at me like he knows me. I'm thinking, I I don't know this guy. He looks at me, and he says, Andre Agassi, you know, the tennis player. I said, no, no, no. He said, yeah, you are. I know you are. Hey, you're, you're Andrea Agassi. I said, no, no I, I did not even play tennis. No, 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 you are. You're choking me. I, I, I almost said, here, for 50 bucks, I'll give you my signature. But I thought, no, I better not do that. And finally, he understood, no, I'm not Andre Agassi. But we have this identity theft thing going on. In the spiritual realm, it's even more tragic because who we are spiritually oftentimes has been stolen from us, so we walk around with a false identity. Now, just because someone steals your identity doesn't change who you are, but it does change how you operate and how you move. And there are people here in this auditorium that your identity has been stolen from you, and you're walking around with a false identity spiritually, and you don't even know it, but it's affected your destiny And it affects your walk with God. And so in Luke chapter 4, we have the story of Jesus being tempted. For 40 days, he's baptized, then he goes out in the desert. And there's three temptations that he faces. All of them challenge his identity. Uh, Three traps. The first was the pleasure trap. The pleasure trap says this. I am somebody when I feel good. If I feel good, then I know I'm somebody. The second trap is the possessions trap. The possessions trap says this, I am somebody if I have possessions or if I have things. The more things I have, the more I am somebody. The less things I have, the less I am somebody. I heard someone say a a while back that they've never seen a Hertz uh, carrying a U-Haul and that's true. When we go, there's no U-Haul behind the Hertz carrying our casket, right? So it may seem like that works here, but in the end, that doesn't really work. But the third trap, and I think the most dangerous of these three traps, and the one that captures more people, I believe, is the position trap. You see, the position trap says this, I am somebody if I have position or prestige, What makes me somebody is if I have a name, if I have a certain position, or if I have a certain achievement, then finally I am really somebody. What makes me somebody is what I've achieved or the position that I've gained. So in Luke chapter 4, verse 9, we see Jesus tempted with the position trap. Notice what it says. After the two temptations had been hurled at Jesus, it says in verse 9, the devil led him, referring to Jesus, to Jerusalem. Now, I don't know. It doesn't really tell us here if this he literally led Jesus or if this was sort of a vision or dream type of experience. But it says the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. Now, if you remember a little bit of Jewish history, The temple was built by King Solomon, the son of David, and it was a magnificent structure. I mean, it was considered one of the wonders of the world in those days. It was full of gold and ornament and wood that had been imported. It was a structure that would leave you flabbergasted just to look at it. It was an amazing thing, and Jewish people from all over different countries would converge on the temple and they would visit the temple as a holy place and in fact it was a holy place when it was dedicated the bible says that the whole temple was full of the shekinah glory of god and it was so powerful and so uh, present the glory of god that the priests could not even fulfill their duty so this was a special place a place of reverence And on its highest peak, 150 feet high, was a pinnacle. And this temptation, Satan led Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple, 150 feet high, and he tempted him with these words. He said, if you are the Son of God. There's that question mark. If you are, then in essence he said, prove it, By throwing yourself down from here, for it is written, and then he quotes some scripture, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Now, if you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write this down. You see, the position identity trap says this. I have value when I am seen and honored by other people. That's what the position trap tells you. It tells you, hey, you're really somebody if other people think you're somebody. But if other people don't know you, And if you don't have the applause of other people, you're really a nobody. Uh, But if other people like you, if other people know your name, if other people are giving you pats on the back, if other people are saying, hey, well done, thumbs up, then you're somebody. But if other people are criticizing you, putting you down, or don't even know your name, then really you're a nobody. Boy, isn't that a big trap? And so in essence, what the devil told Jesus is, hey, this was the temptation. He leads them to this high pinnacle, and imagine in your mind, Jesus being on this high pinnacle, as he looks down, he sees all these figures walking around, the high priest, the people bringing their sacrifice, the crowds of people, and have you ever noticed in Chicago when someone is on the ledge of a window on a high building, how they gather a crowd? Because everybody's thinking, are they going to jump, or are they not going to jump? And soon, it doesn't take a long time before a huge crowd gathers and everybody's looking up. Hey, look, have you seen that guy on that ledge? I think he's going to jump. Well, imagine Jesus on this high pinnacle and the devil saying, look at all these people now are looking at you. They're looking at this figure on this pinnacle, wondering if he's going to jump. And the devil has him imagine or envision himself jumping. He says, imagine right now you're just a poor Galilean peasant that nobody knows their name, and a lot of people think that you were born out of wedlock. But just imagine throwing yourself down right now. Picture it. Hurling yourself into space, free-falling. And about 75 feet down, then suddenly a band of angels swoops in. And they grab you by the arms. And then you just kind of float down and have this really cool landing. Can you imagine what people are going to say about you? I mean, now you can deliver a message and people are going to say, wow, I really believe this guy because did you see what he just did? I mean, he jumped and these angels swooped down and it was like, "Woo! look at that landing. And then you get up and do a message and everybody's like, wow, you must be the son of God because no one can do that. This is, we got to listen to what you have to say. And so the devil is tempting him by saying, hey, if people think you're somebody, then you really are somebody. You see the temptation? Now the problem with that temptation is that it's very dangerous Because it really gets at the heart of our own insecurity. You see, when you're out there thinking that when your value, when you have no clear identity of your own value, and you don't know who you are, then you are more tempted by a lot of different kinds of temptation. But when you derive your value from what people think about you, here's what I know about you. When someone criticizes you, man, it sends you in a tailspin. Just one little word of criticism can, like, send you, woo spinning around and out of control. And I can't believe they said that about me. And how can they believe that about me? You know why? Because your value is driven by what people think. And if people think low of you, then suddenly your price tag, your value has gone down. And if someone says, hey, you're, you are somebody. Man, I really like you. Yeah, good job. Then suddenly, ooh, I feel like I'm Somebody. And here's the problem with that. When I need to be prominent to feel valued and important, here's what happens. I will chase recognition over truth. Because I will pursue recognition when my value depends on what other people say and think about me, then I'm going to chase after that recognition and I'm going to put that above truth. For example, if I'm at work and I, my team does a really good job, And the boss comes up to me and says, man, that was a great idea that you had. And it wasn't my idea. It was another person's idea. I'm going to say, yeah, it was pretty good, wasn't it? Why? Because I want that recognition. So I want recognition more than I want truth. Uh, You see, uh, we can exaggerate things. I, I may exaggerate my achievements and talk about what I've done and sort of puff them up a little bit. Why? Because I want recognition more than I want truth. I exaggerate the degree I got. I exaggerate my salary. I exaggerate... Uh, My achievements Why? Because when people Think highly of me then I have Worth and if people think low of me Then I lose my worth
0: Hopefully this series Of teachings is prompting you to examine Where you're finding your worth and value Is it defined by how you feel What you have or by the position You hold? If you're overlooking God's perspective it's a striving That will never end or be satisfied our teacher is Mark Job, and this is Bold Steps. He'll be back in a moment to wrap up today's message. Just a quick word to remind you that if you've missed any broadcast in the very important series, Identity Theft, you can visit our website anytime, anywhere on demand to catch up or share with someone who needs to hear this. Boldstepsradio.org is where you can link to the audio, send us an email, subscribe to the daily podcast, or download the Moody Radio app that will give you instant access to current Bold Steps releases and other information. Again, it's all found at BoldStepsRadio.org. And you can also listen through your smart speakers at home or in the office by following these commands with Alexa. Alexa, enable Moody Radio. Then Alexa, open Moody Radio. And Alexa, play Bold Steps from Moody Radio. Let's continue now with the position trap. Here again is Mark Job and you're listening to Bold Steps.
1: The other thing that happens with this is that When my value is derived from people, then I try to place myself above and in front of others all the time. I want to be number one. Hey, I don't want to just be in line. I want to be first in line. I don't want to just get a piece of the cookie. I want the biggest cookie. I don't just want to have a name tag. I want to have the biggest name tag. I don't want to just have an office. I want the biggest office the best office. Why? Because I want recognition, and if I get more recognition, I feel like I'm more important. So therefore, have you ever seen what bullies do on a playground? We learned this behavior in grade school. The big bully goes out, and he looks for the weakest kid, or the kid that's a little different, and then he picks on him, and he takes things from them, and he calls them name, and he kicks them a little bit, and everybody laughs, and he puts them down. You know why a bully does that? Because a bully feels bigger and better. If I can put others down, it makes me feel like I'm being put up. How about it? You've seen that on a playground? They make fun. They put them down because they feel if they can put other people down, then they can be lifted up. Listen, we don't do that at work anymore because we've gotten a little more sophisticated, I hope you don't do that at work. You're not kicking coworkers and putting them down and calling them names. But we find other sophisticated ways of playing the same game. Uh, we we cut. If someone's achieved something at work, we try to imply that that was given to them. If, if, if someone succeeds, we try to find a way of sort of undermining their success because we feel if someone's a little more popular than us, we want to cut them down a little bit or call them some names or spread some gossip because we feel that if we can put them down a little bit, then it puts us up a little bit. So we play those same games because we feel like our value comes from what other people think about us. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had success at work or you got a promotion or you got a new position or or, or you were given a new opportunity and you knew the people around you weren't very happy about it? Oh, you didn't get that? Hey, good job. Well deserved. You got the sarcastic comments about, oh, so what'd you do? Give the boss a better Christmas present or something? Uh, You get the slight, the cut down because there's people in life, listen, that they don't want you to succeed because when their value is driven by what other people think about them, when you succeed, they feel like they're thinking less of me. So when you succeed, I feel like I am put down. So therefore, my goal in life is to put other people down so I can feel bigger and better. You see, this was the temptation. It's the position temptation. Uh, You know, with the position temptation, we have a tendency of being critical of other people all the time. Have you ever been around someone like that, that no matter what happens, no matter how good it is, they they seem to never be able to say anything good about anybody? Hey, mom, yeah, did not you think they looked good in that dress? Yeah, well, I thought it was a little baggier in the back. Made their shoulders look like a football player. Hey, did you see so-and-so got a new car? Isn't that a nice car? I bet you it's a gas guzzler. Hey, you know, cousin so-and-so got a house, and it's a really nice house. I'm so happy they moved in and finally built the house. The Yeah, I wonder what their gas bill is. Uh, their taxes are probably out of, out of this world. I mean, there's people that can't say anything good about anybody. You know why? Because in their mind, if they don't get it, if they don't get the recognition, then they don't feel like they're somebody. And that is due to a deep-rooted insecurity of the soul that says, I am nobody unless other people think I am somebody. When we need prominence to feel value and worthy, When we derive our value from applause or acceptance or other people's approval, then we become people-pleasers rather than God-pleasers. The other thing I want you to understand about the position's trap is this. The position's trap tells you, I have value when I prove it with my actions and my accomplishments. You see, it's not just about what other people think about me, but I prove it by my actions and my accomplishments. Look at what the devil says to Jesus in verse 9. If you are the Son of God. Now, if you are the Son of God, some say you are, some say you're not. I'm not really sure, but if you are who you say you are, then prove it by what you do. You need to do something extraordinary to prove yourself. Then prove it and throw yourself down from here. And the Bible says, or God, or it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and He will catch you and lift you up in, in your hands. You see, the idea here is that, and it trickles its way down into Christianity and religion. And here's the thought. If you're really going to be a Christian, you need to prove it somehow. Now I want you to hear me well. I think it trickles down into a lot of areas of life. I know men that are 45 years old, 275 pounds, and they can, you know, tumble with the best. But inside, they're still trying to prove to everybody around them that they're a man. Because inside, deep inside, they still don't feel like I'm a man. They spend all their life trying to show how tough they are and how big they are and how bad they are. And how they don't cry and how they can handle things and how they can beat anybody up and how they can match up with anybody else. But deep inside, deep inside, they are super insecure because they feel like they're still trying to prove to everybody out there, to their father, to their family, to their wife, to their brothers, hey, you know what, I'm a man.
0: when it's about proving something to god to be accepted that is not the heart of new testament christianity which says you can't earn it when you receive the gift of god you are a child of god and can rest knowing your identity is secure in him friend this is bold steps with mark job and thanks for taking time to listen today if what you are hearing on the broadcast is helping you along your spiritual walk Would you consider joining a special group of Bold Partners to help Pastor Mark continue to spread God's Word through this growing broadcast ministry? It's easy to do when you call 844-615-7363. Once again, that's 844-615-7363. Or become a Bold Partner online at boldstepsradio.org. boldstepsradio.org. Remember, with your bold partnership of $30 a month or more, you get the Moody Publishers discount code of 50%. That's half off any resource for you or your family at the Moody Publishers website. Sign up now at boldstepsradio.org or call 844-615-7363. And before we reach the end of the month, we want to encourage you to get your copy of our special Bold Step gift. Mark is here to tell us more about it.
1: For any married couple who's listening... I have an important question for you. When you think about your relationship, are you experiencing joy on a regular basis? Or do you often go days or even weeks without sharing a minute of laughter, love, or real connection? Well, believe it or not, kindling those moments of joy isn't always something that just happens. In fact, there are many small relational changes you can start making today to help create more meaningful and regular moments of joy. And to help you do that, I'd like to send you a book titled The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Marriages, How 15 Minutes a Day Will Help You Stay in Love. This book is loaded with transformational tips and simple exercises for you and your spouse to practice each day. Trust me, a joy-filled marriage is worth the work. Request your copy of this valuable resource today when you give a gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. Once again, the book is called The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Marriages. To send that
0: gift, visit boldstepsradio.org or call us at 844-615-7363. 844-615-7363. You can also request your copy of The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Marriages when you give your gift through the mail. Our address is Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois 60610. Once again, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois 60610. Well, Mark says you should focus on being less religious and more spiritual. What that means in part two of The Position Trap. It comes your way next time as our series continues. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.